0: hello and welcome to the recap ah. <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing because we just discussed how we're going to introduce this podcast <laughs> but yeah, anyway hello and welcome um this is the October episode um you might have noticed that there wasn't a September one which is uh, partly my fault because yeah I had some had some things going on <laughs> that just kind of life prevented based- me just life yeah Plus everything yeah, else exactly um We'll probably discuss that a little bit in the next podcast, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a separate one that we're recording after this, actually. Um. So yeah. So stay tuned for that one. Um. But yeah. So today, um, the recap from October slash to September, I suppose. But just a topic that's basically come up, uh, hunger, which is quite a big topic. So we thought we'll just cover that today. And um, it's obviously myself, Alessia. Hi, and it's Lindsay. Hello. Hello. <laughs>
1: It's, it's so much nicer. Start. I always feel like when I start my my podcast on myself, I just go,
0: "Hello, everybody." <laughs> soon, and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I really need to change it. So it's so nice. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. hello. Hello, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagined as like fifteen thousand people in a stadium. Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> no, like, and I've actually tried to change the tone so that it's not like it's hello, everybody. As soon as you come on. <laughs>
0: fantastic So hi (laughs) hello hello right hunger um do you want me to start off with a little bit about um yeah so hunger what we're talking about today i think we thought we would start off just to actually explain kind of what hunger is there's kind of two key hormones in the body that are responsible like for like hunger regulation and kind of weight management i suppose But I think what mostly people would associate with hunger is, you know, kind of the feeling in your stomach, I suppose, and um, feeling having an empty stomach. And actually, my stomach starts to rumble (laughs) right now. (laughs) As I'm saying this, Hello, <laughs> I know, I know. Hello, my brain. Um, but yeah, basically, there's a hormone called ghrelin, um, which um, basically rises when your stomach is empty, and it usually happens just before every kind of like mealtime, Basically, like, and you might be like in a certain rhythm with it that you know your ghrelin will rise usually before your usual meal time. So it could be before breakfast, before. Um, lunch and dinner it doesn't have to be it can also just randomly you know happen it doesn't always have to be in a specific rhythm i suppose but yeah but that's your ghrelin that's that's produced in the stomach and tells your brain we need food the stomach is empty we need energy basically um but it's kind of like a really short-term control of your appetite because it really it just rises really quickly when when you want food or when you know for your hunger signals and then um probably about an hour after you've eaten it will just become quite low again so it's quite quite quick it rises and then comes down really quite quickly as well Mm -hmm. and then there's another hormone and that's called leptin and leptin is more of like a like a longer term like hunger regulation basically or weight management regulation because it's actually produced by the body's fat cells so um it's like basically telling your body Once you have eaten, like the fat cells will produce leptin to tell the brain to say, "Oh, we've had enough." Basically, we don't we don't need any more. Um, Mm. And that's I suppose kind of like the the big difference that ghrelin is more the stomach and the kind of growling of your stomach and well, like you know the kind of feeling in your stomach of being hungry. And leptin is more to do with, um, yeah, kind of long term regulation of you know this is how much energy the body stores and this is how much we need. This is how much we don't need. Um yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's inter- it's super helpful as well to um sort of put the labels on it as to this is what is going on inside mm-hmm. your body because um yeah I-, I would say hunger is one of the the biggest sort of topics or questions around about hunger that you know us as coaches get asked because a lot mm-hmm. of the people that you know come to work with us as well are you know potentially looking to lose some body fat and things yep. like that so Hunger's a, a a big thing and a big concern for a lot of people so it can be really helpful to know that what's going on inside your body has a mm-hmm. name and this is you know what's happening rather than just focusing on purely on oh I'm really really you know I'm yeah. really hungry
0: absolutely and I think also just so like the amount of things that can affect it you know so this so we're talking about ghrelin and leptin but these are really just two prominent hormones that kind of regulate our hunger and our weight management but there's a whole system of things going on I suppose and these same hormones can affect other things again as well in the body so it's um but but yeah like you said it's really important to to kind of understand and I think especially for people who have who carry a lot of body fat for example I think it's quite important as well to understand leptin a little bit better it doesn't affect everybody like automatically just because if you carry extra fat But you can become like leptin resistant. So if you carry a lot of excess body fat because you have excess body fat and the body fat produces leptin, it can increase the levels of leptin to the point where your brain doesn't quite understand the signals anymore. And actually somebody who is uh, who carries a lot of extra fat for that reason might feel a lot more hungry than what they necessarily need to be and that's why when it can like weight loss can be so so hard because it's kind of like your body working against you basically and constantly signaling that you're hungry that you need food but it's basically just like a miscommunication between your fat cells and in your brain
1: yeah and I think like that again that's helpful to, to know because for someone that potentially you know does have quite a bit of fat to lose and they're just thinking oh why can't I stop eating why do I feel hungry all the time you know it's it's useful to know that there's something going on inside your body that's causing yeah. this rather than it's you know just putting the the pressure on your you know yourself and just the fact that you can't stop eating that Absolutely. There's something going
0: on. yeah I think also the logic then just behind it to kind of say you know this is going on in my body yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to act on that like you know yeah. I, I can visibly see that I carry extra fat so I'm not going to starve you know, I mean, like nothing bad is going to happen, but it's just my my body's reaction, basically to to what to what is happening. And you know, you can still can change it. I think in some ways, I kind of. I think sometimes it can just make um fat seem less like part of you. Like it's just something yeah. that you can manipulate, basically. And it's just you know, and it, it, it's not so much all oh, your, your body telling you all, but you're hungry. Yes, that's what your body tells you. But like I said, it's just a miscommunication. Sometimes It doesn't apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, happen
1: i think it's worth so one of the sort of questions that have been asked quite quite a lot recently is to do with um being in a fat loss phase and feeling really hungry
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and this is something i think when you know a lot of people think about like quote-unquote diet dieting um you know it's that they're gonna feel hungry like you know you're gonna have to push through and feel hungry through it and all Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff um but it's really not something so if you if you're trying to lose fat then you should be in a calorie deficit so you should be burning more calories than you are eating that is how yeah calorie deficit works Um, however the you know there's there's sensible calorie deficits so if you and again everybody's completely different But if you, for example, are eating say twelve hundred calories or less, chances are that's not going to be a sensible calorie deficit Mm -hmm. for a sort of general population. Um, but I think if you are feeling hungry and you are in a sensible calorie deficit, then you really need to think about what types of food you're eating because it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the fact that you are in the calorie deficit; it's how you're making up your your calories for the day because foods have different you know foods will make you feel fuller foods will make you feel more satiated so you have to be quite selective about the types of food um that, that you eat i think that's why focusing on the the nutritional value of foods when you're in a fat loss phase is really 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 important
0: yeah absolutely Absolutely. I think it's basically just because kind of food like certain foods like protein rich foods or protein in general. And I think it's also fiber. So things like your whole grains, you know, eating lots of vegetables can help to create like volume in your stomach, which which yeah. can help, you know, make your stomach feel full. So going back to kind of the ghrelin thing. But also those kind of foods have to travel like further down the gut um, and just take a bit more time to like and for that reason take a bit more time to digest and i think anything that sits further down in your gut kind of signals to the brain we've got enough food we're fine we're full kind of thing and that's really where the whole kind of fuller for longer comes from yeah um so yeah it's really worth um if that's what you feel like on your diet to really increase those foods like so focusing on protein and making sure that you get enough fiber uh, into your diet because that will really help
1: yeah because i think it's... even in terms of just how you <clears throat> you know, how you see the, the food on your plate. Mm-hmm. Because if you are looking at, you know, a, a plate with,
0: oh, I don't know, something. I, can, I can't
1: think it's something. Like a, donut
0: versus, a donut, like, donut? Yeah, right, yeah, donut versus like a salad of yeah. lots of vegetables and stuff. yeah
1: uh-huh. So it's like when you actually then consider the amount of food that your eyes are seeing as well, and also the length of time it takes you to eat
0: mm-hmm. the,
1: the meal as well. So it's all these things it's almost sort of tricking your brain into thinking that you are you're having more food as well and you feel more satiated so you feel more satisfied after you've eaten it
0: yeah absolutely I think there are some studies actually that say that we kind of eat by weight so being really smart about the whole kind of concept of food volume so you know what I mean if you have like like obviously a plate of salad I mean probably well not a plate of salad or like kind of different vegetables and grains can probably be the same weight of a donut if that makes yeah. sense so but eating the donut like if you imagine that in your stomach or in a container obviously it occupies a really small space mm. whereas a whole plate of salad will be the same weight so your body is still thinking okay we're eating but it also occupies a lot more space in your stomach so you will just feel a lot fuller yeah, definitely. yeah definitely because one of the things sorry
1: no I, I was just going to say one of the things like if clients do come to me when they're in a calorie deficit and say i'm feeling really really hungry that is the two main things i say to them to try mm-hmm. first is bump the protein up higher yeah. and yeah. make sure that you're getting enough enough on your plate in terms of you know high volume stuff so like vegetables filling up your plate because if you're trying to squeeze that calorie deficit into higher calorie foods you're going to Mm -hmm. have a lot less food and you're going to feel you're going to feel hungrier
0: yeah absolutely i think there's also something um i think it's called i don't actually know if it has a name as such but I'm just calling it the expectation effect I don't know (laughs) but it's basically (laughs) it's basically based on like a study I don't actually know where I got this from but anyway but it is legit it is a study where I think people were one day on one day they were told that they were drinking a milkshake that has 150 calories yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just like a normal glass and the milkshake was in it and they were told this is 150 calories they drank the calorie. They drank the milkshake, and then they tested like the ghrelin levels of whether uh-huh. they were still high or, or or if they had lowered basically. And then the next day they were given a milkshake, and the milkshake like had like cream on top and like all the bells and whistles and stuff. And um, and they were told like it was like a higher calorie, like five hundred calories for example. And they drank they drank that as well, and then measured how how the ghrelin had had changed. as Mm -hmm. as well so whether it was still high so as I'm going back to what we said at the beginning ghrelin is high when we're hungry and then it's supposed to lower or it lowers by the time we have eaten so Eventually, so we had the two categories of so the milkshake. One milkshake, they said it was 150 calories, the other one was 500. And like I said, it had cream and all sorts of tops. So the visually it was different as well. And for those that drank the milkshake with like all the cream that looked visually also like I had more calories and they were told that I had more calories, their ghrelin levels were a lot lower compared to the ones that was just the kind of that looked like the mm-hmm. less calorie version. However, actually, they were the same calories. Mm-hmm. So they just they it was the same calories in both milkshakes, but just the response, like the actual physiological response, yeah. was that when they drank the what they perceived as the lower calorie milkshake, they were hungrier afterwards, yeah. or they remained hungrier, like ghrelin remained remained higher compared to the other one. So there really is quite a lot of psychology behind it, where just based on what we see, we are expecting that we are either going to be full or or not as full from from the foods, basically. So yeah. there's a lot of that. And I think especially when you are going on a diet, I think it's really important to kind of think about that. You're not thinking that constantly about the things that you can't eat. You know what I mean? You can't eat this or the, you know, the plate of salad and oh, that's not going to make me full, or this and that. Like all of this will really significantly impact on how you perceive or how you what what kind of time you will have on your diet, I suppose, because you'll physically make yourself hungrier by constantly thinking about um you know that you're not that it's not going to make you feel basically
1: yeah you know I was actually just thinking the same thing as well when you when you said that there about you know the sort of psychology behind it all and everything as well because if you are somebody that has tried um like diets in the past and sort of fad diets and quick fixes and everything like that sort of stuff in the past you know there's chances are it will have been a super low calorie diet or Mm -hmm. you know a shake or whatever meal replacement thing you know that you've tried so your perception of losing fat or being on a diet will be i'm starving i'm really hungry so if you then try to you know then try to diet again that is the perception that you're taking in so it's you know it's yeah making sure that you go into it with an open mind but Mm -hmm. do as much as you can to make your meals and everything as filling as you can and really using the calories that you've got to their maximum potential yeah if that makes sense if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely and i think just like you know apply logic as well like if you've just eaten like an hour or even two hours ago and you feel hungry again it's probably not you know what i mean you probably don't have to eat you know it, it will be tricky and especially at the beginning to kind of just ignore these signals i suppose but you Know a little bit of hunger is, is normal when you are dieting, that's the that's kind of the, the point of it, I suppose. Yeah, you know, it, it does come with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's another another sort of point as well. It's worth worth sort of touching on is like h- hunger cues. So, mm-hmm. um, because I think. Like in today's society, we're all, we're so quick. Everybody gets everything like as soon as you want it. You know, we're mm-hmm. not really used to sort of waiting for anything and stuff like that. So it's as soon as you think to yourself or, you know, you get a feeling, I'm hungry. You're like, right, what can I eat? I'm mm-hmm. going for something straight away. Um, So like really listening to how you feel and, and sort of questioning it before you go and just, you know, grab something to eat or grab something quick. So... Yeah you know taking a pause and thinking to yourself right when was the last time I had something to drink am I thirsty because Mm -hmm. you know that can obviously give us sort of false hunger hunger signals Mm -hmm. as well um and also sort of thinking about it from an emotional point of view so Mm -hmm. again are you hungry or is it an emotional response to something that's going on yeah so again taking a pause and just thinking right how do I feel am I sad am I upset am I angry like what is it that's what is it that's going on um so yeah I think like that sort of questioning your hunger and listening to it and thinking yeah is there something else going on rather than just do you need food straight away
0: yeah absolutely and I suppose which can sometimes like it can be tricky especially when you're on a diet because most of the time you know when we when we work with clients we do get you to track your food intake I suppose and it, it does it can become a little bit regimented in terms of like you know you'll only have your breakfast lunch and dinner and you won't really think about your hunger cues anymore as much I suppose like sometimes you might just end up eating because you know that's what you said you were you know you were going to track and that's the food you kind of you need to eat I suppose, but, um, just looking out for those hunger cues even though if you are dieting is really important just to kind of understand okay this is what I feel like when I'm hungry you know this is what I feel like when I'm full I suppose hunger is probably the more prominent one like everybody usually knows what it feels like to be hungry but yeah. really kind of paying attention to your your fullness feelings I think in your stomach are really important just to be like a stay a bit more mindful and not just rely on oh well these are the numbers that I'm or you know the foods that I'm tracking basically in my app um because I think long term that will really help as well um but yeah absolutely I think kind of just being being aware of what it feels like to be hungry what it feels like to be full is such a is such a skill and it does take time a little bit I think to develop yeah, that
1: definitely I think um so that that the hunger scale I know that it's it's you know it's used quite a lot now and like even if you just look on google you can look at it yeah it's actually quite a useful tool just to see um if you don't know what I'm talking about it's basically the numbers one to ten um and one being you are absolutely starving hungry like to Mm -hmm. the point where you feel dizzy and weak and number 10 being to the point where you've eaten so much you feel sick yeah um, and you know it's a sort of good guide to sort of stay between maybe four and seven mm-hmm. um could like continuously so that you're not letting yourself get too hungry mm-hmm. um and then giving you a good idea of when to stop so that's a useful tool to have a wee look at
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah and practicing with that kind of naming what you think yeah and again it takes time and it can you know maybe be a little bit frustrating to start with or so, because you'd be like oh well is this a seven now is this a a six now and it will depend on what foods you eat as well and like we said earlier already you know it will depend like a meal made off of like vegetables and protein and whole grains is going to make you feel completely different you know in terms of fullness and the longevity of the fullness than eating like a large mcdonald's meal like, yeah. even though, like, you know, the calories of the McDonald's meal will probably be a lot higher than, obviously, what I just, like, compared to, like, obviously just, like, chicken, some whole grains and veg and something like that. But it probably won't keep you as full, even though yeah. you have taken in so much energy in the one sitting.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, like, that as well, just to, like, you touched on there, eating a McDonald's meal, so that's obviously going to be much higher calories than, like you you know, a sort of more well-balanced meal Mm -hmm. on the plate um but i think both of us when we work with clients are sort of advocates of not cutting out you know food groups not cutting out foods that you love you know we're all for sort of like you know including some of the foods in moderation that you you enjoy Mm -hmm. so if you are paying attention to the types of food that you're having at your meal times it does quite often leave you some some wiggle room to then Mm -hmm. have some of the foods that you enjoy as well rather than eating the mcdonald's using up all the calories and then you know you either don't eat again the rest of the day or you go really really hungry
0: yeah absolutely and i think that that's really important distinction to make between actual hunger or feelings of hunger and kind of like satisfaction that you get from food as well and and and, you know it goes together you know you can't you know just constantly just feeding yourself just because you're hungry but not really getting any sense of satisfaction from your food is likely going to just end in some sort of like binge episode, I would imagine, or just some overeating, because you'll get to the end of the week and you'll just crave all the things that you've just cut out. Or you might have felt full, yeah. but maybe not physically hungry, but you know, your brain is gonna go, give me chocolate yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. So yeah, absolutely. I think trying to find a balance is so so key and i think I honestly i think probably I've, maybe i've mentioned this in previous podcasts so apologies but just having frozen vegetables or frozen fruit at home i think is the key to absolutely everything because you can still <laughs> eat a mcdonald's but just you know opt for a smaller portion just get the burger forget the chips maybe or just get a small portion of chips and then just put a bag of veg in the in the microwave and just yeah. have it with that for example you don't even have to order the salad for McDonald's you know to be fair I've never like I've never tried the salad I've no idea what it's like because for me personally, I'm just like, I'm not going to order a salad from McDonald's. That's just silly. But I, will, <laughs> <laughs> but I will put a bag of veg in the in the microwave and yeah. have that. with the, Or with your takeaway as well. I do that all the time. Like I, if we order a takeaway, for example, again, you know, if I don't really get the right amount of vegetables, I want to bulk it out a little bit, bit and want to try and like not eat as many like chips or whatever or rice that came with it. Like just, just have it at home and just add it to your meal. It's literally the easiest thing to do.
1: Yeah, and i know fine well you know there'll be some people that are saying like oh some people that'll be thinking to themselves get a burger from mcdonald's and have frozen veg on the side and rolling your eyes at that but mm-hmm. the point is it's trying to make it as easy as you mm-hmm. can for yourself and there does you do have to make if you are in a fat loss phase and that is your goal yeah you'll have to make some compromises because yeah. if you continue the way that you, you've been going it, nothing changes so yeah. there does have to be a compromise but it doesn't have to be utterly miserable where you're completely starving yeah. um, for the whole process
0: and i think it's not even just fat loss but we do need to acknowledge health in all of this as well and eating vegetables they are nutritious it's just the bottom line and i'm not saying that you can never have mcdonald's without eating it like i've have still mcdonald's meals where i don't eat any vegetables on the side whether that's absolutely fine because obviously one meal is not going to define everything you know you can still have you have the rest of the day or the rest of the week to do things as well um so absolutely i do i do get that but like you said you you, when you do want to lose weight you do need to make sacrifices and you do need to be a bit smarter with your food choices it let it be for hunger or for satisfaction absolutely but i also think we do also need to acknowledge that we live in an environment where high calorie foods and, you know, kind of like unhealthy foods are just so available and we're so used to that, yeah. you know, that it's acceptable to eat like takeaway pretty much every night or every second night, even all these things, but long term, like it's just not good for our bodies. And I think we also need to acknowledge that. And I know people will be rolling the eyes of that as well, but it's just the it's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. it
1: has because there's I mean I've seen quite a lot of
0: things like on
1: and off on social media like i basically all saying the same thing in one way or another and mm-hmm. it's like you know along the lines of you know we normalize now like going out getting hammered mm-hmm. like coming home with a pizza stuck to your face like the next yeah. day getting a mcdonald's like not going to you know not exercising lying yeah. on the sofa watching love island whatever it is and then the people that exercise eat vegetables drink water you know say no to like the extra drinks like mm-hmm. their party poopers are boring and it's like come on yeah. guys yeah but yeah that's lifestyle, this lifestyle is what is going to affect how you are throughout the whole rest of your life and as you get older which all of us are yeah. it really really matters
0: yeah absolutely
1: quality of your life i mean it not only matters now but the quality of your life depends on how you look after yourself
0: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and i know and i know like you know to the to lots of people like that's kind of boring like I get it you know what I mean because it, it doesn't it doesn't sound very sexy you know what I mean like eating your vegetables and all these things uh, but yes, we do need to, I know but even just from and like this is like going to like public health perspectives now and stuff but you know you <laughs> do have to think about nutritional deficiencies and all these things and and I, I don't think it's the individual's fault like I actually yeah. see the fault with a lot of that with the manufacturers of food companies you know the food that's available to us the food that's available in schools how we you know how we learn to eat as children all these things like i don't think this is really so much down like to to the fault of the individual but it's, it's a much 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 bigger topic but yeah but i do think that as an individual once you have listened to something like this for example well once you kind of learn a little bit about it it is your responsibility to do better yeah. and you know what i mean and to to do make a change and that doesn't have to be that you just eat whole grain all the time and you never eat chips again or you never eat white bread again that's not what it is but just making like kind of small Small accessible changes um, yep. is definitely the way forward, I think. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice tangent from hunger. <laughs> I
1: know, just
0: change the world. I know, I to world domination. <laughs> I know. <Woo. laughs> Solving the obesity crisis one vegetable at a time. <laughs> no. oh, awesome. I know. At least we can do it with a smile. That's the main True. thing. True, I know. No, absolutely. I think just to reiterate, we're not trying to like, blame anybody individually for their food choices or anything like that I 100 like I eat McDonald's I eat takeaway I eat all these foods as well but I think um it's also worth just yeah just acknowledging that a few vegetables on the side won't harm anything and in fact will just make things a bit better
1: absolutely (laughs)
0: um
1: so in terms of so say someone has went through a fat loss journey and they came out the other side, but they're still a little bit concerned about, you know, how to cope with hunger and not lead for it not to lead to overeating. Mm. So again, like we said, so the hunger scale is a really good tool to then have a look at and really try and sort of think, you know, where am I sitting and that sort of thing. And if you do, if you do have a night out planned or you've got a meal out planned or something like that, and you're concerned about overeating because you've put all this hard work in to get Mm -hmm. to where you are now um some simple things like you know having a snack before you go so that you're I mean not full up by the time you go out but you're not on that starving hungry you know sort of stage because maybe you're thinking um I'll, I'll hold off so that I don't eat too much like I'm not eating too much before I go but so I can eat more when I'm out. But if you have a little snack or something like that before you mm-hmm. go out, then that can really help to reduce the, the chance of overeating when you're out. Um, And also yeah. slowing down, like this is one, again, I know it's said a lot, but I don't think that many people put into practice, but it can be so, so useful to slow down when you're eating as well, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: for your belly and your brain to sort of speak to each other and let them know you know, hold on a minute, we're full here. We don't need any more food. It, it takes a bit of time. So you have to give everything sort of time to catch up. So if you put some some extra time in there, then that can be really, really helpful as well.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely and I think that's such a good point It's about eating slower I think the general recommendation is about to like chew 20 times which I know sounds mm-hmm. like a lot basically and again like with any of these things you know would never expect that you know somebody goes from chewing twice to 20 <laughs> in yeah. the space of one day please yep. chew more than twice mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but you know kind of but just being more mindful and just slowing things down is definitely so so worth it I still remember as a child growing up and I would I would sit with I would eat like dinner with my grandparents and my granddad was adamant like he was so he's still the one that eats the slowest out of all of us Mm -hmm. but I really really appreciate now having witnessed that as a kid I was just like oh I can't bother with this I just want to (laughs) eat um but now I really appreciate like the yeah obviously having learned a lot more about nutrition and everything as well I really appreciate like the value of that because first of all like it's just nice that you can sit with dinner with somebody a lot longer and you can have a chat in between and really just enjoy your food. But also just going back to kind of talking about hormones, you know, just in terms of how like ghrelin rises really quickly to signal hunger. But it does take like half an hour to an hour afterwards to come down. So you do actually need to give your brain a chance to catch up and actually realize, oh, there's food. You know, we now have the energy that we were looking for and we'll start processing it. Um so eating slower again is just a mechanism actually to help you actually feel that fullness and, and experience that fullness after a while and then to be able to stop eating rather than eating really quickly thinking you're still hungry because you know your ghrelin levels are still high and your brain still thinks yeah. there is no food there and you're shoveling in more and more food basically and yeah that's your calorie deficit gone
1: <laughs> yeah no definitely and I think like I mean there's quite a few sort of tips and stuff out there but yeah like like alicia said they're chewing so making sure you're chewing your food enough you know putting cutlery down between Mm -hmm. the bites that you take um and the eating without distraction so this is one this is like a a bugbear of mine actually it's like if you are sitting on the sofa and you're just shoveling food in Mm -hmm. there's no like you're not even really aware of what you're doing exactly so Mm -hmm. really i mean Fit, like sit at the table, finish your meal, or turn the TV off, whatever it is. But focus on what what you're doing just mm-hmm. for the time that you're eating, and then you know go back to what you were doing or whatever. But that can really help you to pay more attention to what you're yeah. doing.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I eat most of my dinners on the couch, but <laughs> <That> as <is> tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have, I don't know, right? But it's like a pet peeve of mine. I don't know. We were never allowed I to have
0: love to... If you can see Lindsay's face, right, now. <laughs> right alessia That's, That's so funny. That's right no, up. to be fair, but I I can do it because I'm a lot more practice and eating slowly, though. Like, and I have always I have always done that, so um, I can kind of just zone out and just focus on my meal, basically. But then um, your program's finished. <laughs> The new program's finished. You don't know what's happened? <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I don't know. It works for me. Like I said, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like just like a separate animal, but during the during the day, like i I eat all like my breakfast and my lunches mostly without distraction, to be fair. Yeah. I might have like some music on or something like that. But I don't know. There's something about it that just calms me down sometimes just watching something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it if gets I'm, me out of my head <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know like I say when we were when we were growing up we were always sat at the table and it's just stuck
0: with me mm.
1: and I think you know I actually like you said what you said there about you know your grandpa and him eating so slowly mm. I do credit the fact that my parents were so strict with no all sat at the table the TV's yep. on and stuff and I think that's given me quite a good sort of mm. relationship with my meals and things like that so it's and I'm not saying, you know, if if this sort of stuff hasn't been part of your childhood or oh, will you're, yeah. well, you're doomed type thing, but it's it's worth paying attention because if it's not normal to you, then it can be something that you might want to implement yourself that you maybe just didn't think of. So that could yeah. you know worth worth thinking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't even know to be fair as a child we always sat at the table as well especially at my gar- grandma and granddad's house and even like at home with my mum we always sat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um I think my mum and I would sometimes watch telly at the same time but but we were facing each other so yeah anyway it doesn't really matter. But yeah, so I think like I'm used to kind of sitting at a table but I don't really know why we don't do it here. It's just me and my husband I don't know. I think I think it's to be to be honest I think it's because we both really enjoy watching tv together like that's one of our like just our time that we have at, at night so I think it's just and I, I kind of associate it more with like having like a nice like quality time with my husband watching tv <laughs> dinner. I, know. <laughs> I mean it's a very quiet catch-up because we're watching yeah. the tv <laughs> no no sometimes sometimes we'll have dinner at the table when, when but yeah anyway <laughs> I'm just like going pure dissecting all my my dinner habits now but yeah. Just like, please, people don't feel judged by uh, Lindsay's uh, table eating. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> no,
1: just, joking. just a suggestion, just a suggestion. Just a suggestion, <laughs> but she might come to your house. <laughs> i find out how they appear on the screen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. uh, no but the point is definitely is to be mindful and to just eat a bit slower and you'll definitely like that's I think like I said I think I've become a lot more conscious I feel like I've always eaten slower than other people but I've become a lot more conscious about eating slower or feeling the food like actually going into my stomach and kind of yeah. trying to feel food in my stomach a lot more over like the past couple of years and it's made such a difference yeah in my eating habits
1: definitely <laughs> <laughs> Right, moving on from <laughs> the TV dinners. Um, so, other things that can affect your hunger or how you how hungry you feel. Um, so, thinking about sort of, hmm, is it lifestyle? Yeah, I would say lifestyle. Maybe not always a cho- a lifestyle choice, but mm-hmm. a life something that's happening. Um, so, sleep, sleep is a big one, um, because and this is something maybe you can think about is if you have had you know a really lot of night's sleep or whatever Mm -hmm. and the next day you're just thinking why am I so hungry like I just want to eat everything normally it's cravings for high sugar high fatty foods things Mm -hmm. like that um and there is really that link between ghrelin thought I was going to say it wrong this is the word I don't like (laughs) so if you have poor sleep you have higher ghrelin levels the next day which is Mm -hmm. going to make you feel hungrier so and then that coupled with lower leptin yeah so that it doesn't signal to you that you've had enough food
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that can have a, a massive impact as well on hunger levels and things like that so if you're you know if you are drinking alcohol and that affects your sleep as well you know you feel knackered the next day Mm -hmm. all these things can have a real knock-on effect on your hunger levels so
0: that's worth keeping in mind absolutely and I think the mindfulness again comes into this as well because once you really experience that and again you know just just applying a bit of logic and just taking a minute to think about you know well you know I've just had some food or why do I feel so much more hungry Ah, you know I didn't you know I slept two hours less last night or just had more interrupted sleep or you might be a shift worker so that might just be your status quo and hence why you just constantly want to you know feed yourself with pizza all the time basically or find it so much harder like I think just normalizing that and accepting it and just saying like Mm -hmm. this is what it's like I've had less sleep today I'm just going to feel like this but just reminding yourself but that doesn't mean you know that I have to eat a certain way or that my body necessarily needs it to survive if that makes sense
1: yeah no definitely I think like that is what yeah like you say it's just sort of recognizing that okay I didn't have a great sleep last night I feel Mm -hmm. hungry this is I know why this is Mm -hmm. um I don't have to act on it but you know that's that's it and I'm going to do my best or as much as it is within my power to get a better sleep the next night or whatever um and try and sort of regulate things as much as as much as possible
0: And I think like, you know, think of ways that maybe you can make things just even like have like a like a breakfast that is a little bit sweeter than usual. So, for example, if you have like your oats and fruit, like maybe you can mix in some some, like different like flavoured protein powder or something like, you know, like something that has like a different flavour or more pungent. Like I will sometimes do that and I would then just have like like cinnamon danish protein powder or something because that's you know it's quite or tastes quite indulgent or whatever like if I'm still like trying to lose weight obviously at the same time or things like that or putting some like you can get these like sugar-free drops for like your coffee what they call like flav drops or something and different flavors or whatnot like I sometimes do that in the afternoon actually when I get like a when I'm trying to lose weight and I get like a hunger craving or something like that for something sweet just adding some of these drops into like your coffee and it just takes that just takes that away basically um i'm crashing things all over the place here <laughs> i couldn't hear it actually <laughs> um yeah there's just ways and again you know i mean I'm, I'm not trying to say that you can't have chocolate or that you can't have you know whatever food that you are craving you know if if you want to have that food then eat that food and that's your choice and you can you know just decide to live with the consequences that's absolutely fine but just if you want to still lose weight and you know you you know you've got a week ahead of you where you're not going to get as much sleep and you might have to be a bit more savvy about uh, your eating or, or your response to to having lack of sleep and feeling more hungry Then, like having a few tips or just having something in your tool bag basically to to address that is definitely useful yeah
1: definitely um and one so one thing right that's came up actually with quite a few of my clients That's interesting that they've asked is so we're obviously now end of October, um, mm-hmm. and we're sort of well into the autumn now, and a few of my clients have really said that they've noticed an increase in hunger levels. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the the nights getting darker, you know the the weather's getting colder, it's getting more miserable outside. Um, so this was something that if I'm being completely honest, I had never heard of a a direct link that was sort of Mm -hmm. backed up by research and things like that. Um, But I did have a, so to sort of prep for the podcast, I did have a look um, and there was a researcher at the University of Massachusetts who documented that calorie intake tends to increase in the colder months and there was also a study done at the university of georgia i believe it's quite an old study i think 1991 Mm -hmm. um and the they basically studied like seasonal eating habits Mm -hmm. and they found that the participants increased their daily calories by about 200 calories per day Mm
0: -hmm.
1: coming into the the autumn months um however What's not clear from it is why this is. Mm-hmm. So there was a number of sort of theories, you know, it was some of them were saying that, you know, in the the spring, the summer, you're looking out the window and your environment is lush and there's lots of vegetation and there's lots of greenery and, you know, the world just looks alive. And then mm-hmm. you look outside the window in the autumn and, you know, the trees are bare and it's just, you know, autumn basically. Mm-hmm. So is it potentially a... A sort of internal human response to that thinking: Is there not enough food? Who mm-hmm. knows? Or is it more of what we associate with this the seasonal change? So obviously, autumn, winter, we're starting to think right. There's Christmas coming up. There's more sort of sweet mm-hmm. and chocolates and all of this sorts of food around. You know, we crave being warmer as well and you know eating heats us up and makes us feel lovely and warm inside Mm -hmm. um so all of that like I say it's not a hundred percent clear um but there's so many things that really make a lot of sense which which could affect hunger levels coming into the the autumn
0: yeah absolutely I think it is actually really quite interesting and I think so many of our like all our hunger regulation is still really is rudimentary the right word? I don't know, but it's basically still really based on like thousands of years ago in mm. terms of our, that's how our body still regulates our hunger, thinking that we should eat quite a lot, actually, in one sitting and because we know that we're not going to eat for a long time because, you know, back in the day you were hunter-gatherers and whatnot, so you would only have maybe a piece of meat every... I don't know a few days maybe I don't really know Mm -hmm. to be fair what the time span is but and you would eat all of that basically to kind of you know retain retain that food basically and then you might not get something in between or you'll just have like a few berries here and there whatever I don't know um Hence why now, because we live in this environment where food is constantly available, these kind of mechanisms aren't really helpful because we constantly feel like we should be eating. Our brain is telling us, but we need to survive. We don't want to die. Eat, eat, eat. (laughs) But it hasn't really adapted. So yeah, so what you were saying in terms of like going into the winter months because it's colder might just be just because, you know, that's what we're still used to. Our, Our bodies still think, you know, we need to get a little bit of extra energy just to kind of sustain ourselves basically through through the colder months but again it's not even that it's like it's not even that cold anymore in winter is it like depends on where you live Mm. I suppose where you are (laughs) in in Bavaria, south of Germany like it might be a little bit different the cold will be coming soon yeah yes it does get very cold out there but um but not so I suppose the north of Scotland as well it does get a lot colder but I think for the majority of people and kind of in Europe it doesn't really get that cold anymore so it might just be an old kind of genetic mechanism that's just been passed down yeah just in instinct wise or so yeah one
1: thing that I I sort of thought about was so obviously the days are a lot shorter and the the light you know there's not as much daylight and things like that so that really affects your mood you know Mm -hmm. there's the seasonal what's it seasonal affective Affective disorder disorder. Yeah. yeah affective disorder so that's you know that's obviously yeah. a thing. I'm not saying absolutely everybody suffers from it, but in general, the less light, less vitamin D, less opportunity to be outside, it does take a knock on. It does take an, a sort of have a knock on effect on your mood. Mm-hmm. Which then, if you're feeling low, there's obviously a sort of increased risk or increased chance of you then wanting to comfort eat yeah. to make yourself feel better, and that can sometimes feel like hunger. Yeah. Um so again, I'm not saying this is what it is, but yeah.
0: so just it's talking about theories, the yeah, just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and also boredom. So boredom's another mm-hmm. one because boredom is like a lot of people find when they're bored, the first thing they do is start mooching in the cupboards for something mm-hmm. to eat. And again, you know, there's not as much to do out and about, you know, mm-hmm. people are sort of starting to sit in, they're starting to watch the telly they're starting to get cozy.
0: Um, so is it a are you boredom? Is it yeah. boredom that's making you feel hungry? Yeah, these are all things to, to consider. Yeah, I was just thinking as well. Just even just going out, you know, for a walk and stuff like that. Like all of these things just become a lot harder, especially if you live in Scotland and it gets dark at like four o'clock. <laughs> um, and especially if you're a yeah. woman as well, I think that's something to acknowledge as well. You know, what I mean, nobody wants to necessarily go for a walk at eight o'clock at night unless yeah. you maybe have a dog with you. You know, just like a safety thing or just feeling of not wanting to go out, uh, or you might just not live in a particularly safe. Um, neighborhood or whatever so you can't go out so all these things like you said can contribute to just you sitting at home and being bored and just wanting to eat or but I think also just going back to what you said at the beginning just maybe just culturally because it's just so accepted to just because it is darker you know we tend to choose heavier foods maybe as well you know you you might want in colder like you just want something a bit more warming to eat a bit heavier to eat Um, yeah and just uh, probably you're probably more likely to go to the pub as well because that's probably the only place you can go. So yeah. you know you end up drinking and eating there as well. Just you know December just seems to be a whole lot of you. I mean who's not in the pub in December? To be honest. Well that's every it. weekend. I know.
1: But actually yeah, because you're right mm. as well in what you say because yeah like in the summer you know there's much more chance to if you meet friends you know go out for a walk you can yeah. meet people out and about you know you could meet people and do outdoor things whereas. Mm-hmm. In the winter or, you know, the kind of crappy weather, everything evolves around food or drink because it's really all
0: there is to do, basically. I think availability of food as well and maybe affordability of food because, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables aren't exactly like that, you know, like obviously they are still available, but in the UK, what's more seasonal is more like potatoes, carrots, you know, sweet like all of those kind of, like, vegetables and stuff that you would rather just stick in a soup rather than like you know your berries and stuff are suddenly coming from from outside of the UK and they cost like about five pounds a pack or whatnot and you know you're not really going to buy that necessarily anymore yeah you feel like it so yeah I think there's loads of factors that could actually I would say probably more environmental that kind of maybe act in our brain and maybe kind of like more of a psychological thing that we feel more hungry
1: yeah that's really again, interesting <laughs> yeah it was actually like i thought i would it was an interesting one to bring up just the fact that like quite a few of my clients had basically all sort of said it around mm-hmm. about the same time um yeah. it kind of got me got me thinking um but again i would say you know sort of tackling it just exactly what we've covered and the you know the rest of the podcast really focus on the types of food that you're eating trying to you know have as many sort of like highly uh highly satiating yeah Mm -hmm. you would say highly satiating um foods as possible keep you know focusing on your protein keep focusing on you know bulking out your your plate with as many vegetables and things like Mm -hmm. that as you can um and yeah i mean take advantage of the kind of seasonal veg as well you know if it's if you are craving these stews and heartier foods like Mm -hmm. make them yourself and sort of experiment with them um because again it's, it's not like season. exactly 100% like yeah. you know hearty warm and foods they don't have to be high calorie or high fat or anything yeah. like that you know you can make your own so
0: yeah also I think sometimes though as well like and I you know obviously I think everybody needs to make their own choice whether they want to lose weight gain weight or whatever but maybe this is the time to just like slow down on the weight loss and maybe just embrace a little bit more of you know just maybe just eat those extra couple of like couple of hundred calories and just focus on building some muscle like you know i mean there's nothing wrong with that you know especially over november december where it's maybe becomes a little bit harder for some people to sustain weight loss and it's actually going to be a lot more bother to you why not just embrace the eating a little bit more still obviously go to your gym build a bit of muscle and then come january february time you can kind of rein it in again and just you know start your weight loss yeah for example i think sometimes it's also just you know Don't have to lose weight all year round.
1: Yep. Good point. Definitely.
0: Embrace the podge. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You don't need to eat that much more just to build muscle, but just a wee bit more. Why not?
1: Yeah. An extra
0: snack. An extra snack. Just not in front of the TV. (laughs) Yeah. Always at the table. Yeah. You hear it here. here. You you may not eat anywhere else apart from the table. (laughs) Yeah um so
1: that was all the points um that i've got down did you yeah. want do you have anything else to add alicia
0: no i think we actually talked quite a lot about it. <laughs> it was good i know it's um, turned out to be quite good hopefully it's not been over an hour uh no i don't think so i think we're just still under good She'll um
1: cool so uh yeah where can people find you alicia um on Instagram I'm awnutrition underscore. And I'm also on Instagram at lmt.fitness. And yeah, we are both yeah. online coaches and we are happy to answer any questions. Um we're also so we do these every month if this is the first yep. one you're listening to. Um so if you have any topics or anything that you would like covered or you've got any questions for us, then please feel free to reach out on Instagram. Yep. Um and we would absolutely love you forever if you could rate this share it tell everybody about it send it to someone it would help um because it really really helps us to reach more people and yeah just to grow the audience and help more people um so anything you can do is amazing thank you very much kiss kiss
0: (laughs) if if anybody uh, listens to the stephen bartlett podcast and you know how he says about or if you if you're listening to this, don't tell anybody. Just no. Tell everybody. <laughs> tell everyone. Tell yep. tell your granny, your uncle, everybody about this podcast. <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye.